0: Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit hopechurchmemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Rufus Smith. In the hustle, bustle, hurry, worry, pace of life, have you ever been tempted to park in a handicapped spot or special needs zone? Don't answer that. (laughs) I have been tempted. In fact, I have fallen to that temptation. And I did so one time. Um, And and as fate would have it, when I was leaving Kroger's, walking back to my car, I saw a gentleman park his van about 30 spots away from where he could have parked where I was. And of all things, he wheeled himself into the store. I felt horrible so insensitive and lazy of me to be in such a hurry that I took that spot. In 1990, President George Herbert Walker Bush signed into law the American with Disabilities Act. This act was fault and fraught with political unpopularity. It had been in the works since 1973 and finally came to fruition in 1990. The ADA law mandated that businesses not discriminate on hiring based on people's disability if they were otherwise qualified. And it also said that new businesses uh, must provide public accommodations, such as oversized bathrooms, uh, ramps, elevators, et cetera, et cetera. It took 214 years in this country in order for that social stronghold to be broken. Repeat, it took 214 years since the founding of our country officially, 1776, in order to break that social stronghold in our country. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today Strongholds. Strongholds are negative behaviors that are deeply embedded in a system or a person. Repeat, strongholds are negative behaviors that are deeply embedded in a system or a person. Strongholds are sometimes visible. Other times they are invisible. Sometimes they are temporary. Other times, they are permanent. Strongholds can be my own fault. Other times, it's a matter of circumstances. But every one of us has experienced or will experience or maybe even right now a stronghold. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today as we look at this particular, particular text. We are in a series called The Way. We call it The Way because it is a spiritual road trip through the Old Testament. A spiritual road trip through the Old Testament as we learn God's way. It's his way because Proverbs 14 and 12 says there are other ways. In fact, there is a way that seems right to a man or woman, but that way often ends in death or destruction. So we're looking at God's way as we take this spiritual road trip through the Old Testament. Eli started the trip in the Garden of Eden the next week. I looked at Uh, Babel last week Chad stopped in Egypt and this week I want to do a little sightseeing in a place called Jericho this spiritual road trip teaches us that life is circuitous it is not a straight line it is filled with ups and downs and highs and lows and ebbs and flows and sometimes we make the wrong choices but end up in the right place by God's grace Wake up the person next to you. Let me say that again. I said, it is a circuitous journey filled with ups and downs and highs and lows and ebbs and flows. And sometimes we make the wrong choice but end up in the right place by God's grace. If you've lived life anytime, then you know that is true. Here's a picture of Jericho and what the people of God were facing in that ancient world. Archaeologists and scholars tell us that Jericho very likely was the first walled city in human civilization. And it was a double-walled city. Dr. Alan Carr says this city was 20 feet tall, the wall, and about 6 feet thick. In terms, of in, uh, in, in terms of depth, but there was another wall inside of that wall that was 30 feet tall and 12 feet thick. This was what the Israelites were facing when they crossed the Jordan and were about to take possession of the land that God had promised them. This was a stronghold. So here's the sermon in a sentence. Jericho equals stronghold. Joshua equals conquest. What stronghold do I need to conquer today? Let's take a look at Joshua chapter 6. Now Joshua... Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites, no one leaving or entering. The Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have handed Jericho its king and its best soldiers over to you. March around the city with all the men of war circling the city one time. Do this for how many? Six days. Have seven priests carry seven ram horn horn trumpets in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven. seven times while the priests blow the ram's horns. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear it sound, have all the troops give a mighty shout, and then the city wall will collapse, and the, trumped, the troops will advance. Each man straight ahead only 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 Rahab the prostitute and everyone with her in the house will live why because she hid the messengers we sent when they heard the blast of the ram's horn the troops gave a great shout and the wall collapsed the troops advanced in the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city, the first in their conquests of capturing the land that God had promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Remember, a stronghold is a negative behavior deeply embedded in a system are a person. Sometimes they are my own fault. Several categories of strongholds. Sometimes they're my own fault. Addiction, pride, greed, unforgiveness. These things are my own fault and they can have a stronghold on me. How do I struggle through it? Some are other people's fault has nothing to do with personal sin of my own at all. There are other people's fault that can cause me to fight through strongholds such as criminal behavior or sexual abuse. It will cause a certain trauma that causes me to struggle and put a stronghold in my life. But you can struggle through it. Sometimes these strongholds are simply circumstantial. They have to do with mental illness, genetic defects, nothing on my own. They may be temporary. They may be permanent. But it is a stronghold that polarizes me from moving forward in life until I understand and get my spiritual equilibrium. And then other times... This idea is a social, social stronghold. We just talked about that as far as the ADA is concerned. There are other social uh, injustice strongholds that we have as well. But then there are the strongholds of philosophies, human thinking versus divine thinking. These are strongholds because God's way of thinking is not my way of thinking all the time. these are either stronghold. Let me give you an example. I was taught that the man must always control the finances in the house, no matter what. I was taught that. That's what a man did, whether you were good at it or not. So when I married, I immediately assume the role as handling the finances of the house even though my wife was better but that was a mental stronghold in fact when she paid her bills what month is this what is it July July. when she paid her bills uh, before we married she was paying for September if she paid in July when I paid my July bill I was paying for me, <laughs> And yet, I took over the finances. See, I believed that long as I had checks, I had money. <laughs> Some of you will catch that on the way home. And when I had run us in the ground, I humbly came before her and said, here, Fix it. (laughs) And she did. And we've been afloat ever since. (laughs) Now, I'm a lot better with money. But listen, seriously, some things we were taught or we observed can be a stronghold that we need to be delivered from today. It's human thinking versus divine thinking. So, how do you struggle through strongholds? First and foremost, God the Father has given us promises, key promises that embolden us in the devil's world. God has given us, you and I, key promises that embolden us, give us the courage to function in the devil's world. Now, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the universe, the people in it, but the system is the devil's. It is a system of goods and riches and endowments and advantages that lead us away from God. That's why we pray the, the Lord's prayer that says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, where? on earth as it is in this is the devil's world so God gives us key promises to embolden us to live in it, not just survive in it, but to thrive in it. I need to know what those key promises are. So when God said to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm gonna give you this land, it took a while for that to happen, but now the Israelites were on the brink of walking into Canaan. And even though Joshua, a great general, had defeated seven kings in the wilderness for those 40 years, he was now up against the formidable Jericho, this double-walled city, that had never been conquered wondering how in the world would he be able to penetrate it and as he was thinking through his battle plan the Bible says that something happened let's read it when Joshua was near Jericho he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand Joshua approached him and asked are you for us or for our enemies? Neither He replied, I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua bowed his faith to the ground in homage and asked him, what does my Lord want to say to your servant? This figure was so imposing that even Joshua was humbled. He had never seen anything like this, but it was God's key promise to him to embolden him to take the next step because Jericho could be conquered. He saw this man in regalia, this figure with a sword that was drawn, and Joshua wanted to know one thing. Whose side are you on? And he said, I'm not on either side. I am captain of the Lord's host. Joshua and I have come to deliver this into your hand. When Joshua heard that, he was emboldened. And then he said, I want you to tell the people to do this. He was emboldened. And we need those key promises. Now today they may not be as visible, but they are just as validated in the word of God. You know what I'm clinging on to these days? Psalm 27, it's a key promise. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, came upon me to eat my flesh, guess what? They stumbled and fell. Even though a host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Even if war should rise, even in this will I have confidence. I'm leaning on that today. Somebody else may be struggling today. Worried about the future. Worried about as you get older. Worried about how it's going to be provided. Well, Philippians 4:19 says, "When I commit to him, he commits to me. When I take care of God's business, he'll take care of mine." Therefore, the Apostle Paul said, "And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, because of Christ Jesus." Notice what he said: "And my God shall supply." all, not just your financial needs, but all of your needs, according to what? According to not my bank account, not my 401k, not the stability of my job, but according to his riches in glory because of Christ Jesus, you can lean on that no matter what the economic times are predicting because he will supply all of our needs, not just money. When I commit to him, key promises that embolden us to live in the devil's world. But, point two, it takes effort to achieve it. It takes effort to achieve it. Martin Luther said, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. It takes effort to achieve it. I find it fascinating in Joshua chapter 5. Before we get to chapter 6, they had entered the land. And the Bible says in verse 12, a fact you have here, and the day after they ate from the produce of the land, the manna stopped, ceased. Since there was no more manna for the Israelites, they ate the crops of the land of Canaan that year. In other words, they got up every morning for 40 years and picked it up. It came delivered. But now they were in the land. They had to harvest the crops themselves. It took effort. God says, I have given you a land that flows of milk and honey. You have houses you didn't build. You have drink from wells that you did not dig. You will eat from fruit that you did not plant. But it takes effort. No more will I just rain it down and you just pick it up. It takes effort. Philippians chapter 2 says we have to work out our salvation. We don't work for salvation, but because we have salvation, we now work it out. God works it in, and we work it out. Some of us have not put in the effort with respect to claiming the key promises of God. Joshua, this land has been given, it's been promised for all of these years. Now you have to do it, even though, He had been promised victory. He still had to do something in order to claim it. So some of us lack effort, which is why we're struggling with some strongholds. Let me give you a third one. Sometimes divine promises take on unusual shapes. Sometimes God answers us In unusual ways. Now, if anything was unusual, this was unusual. Here is this double-walled city. And in this double-walled city, what I want you to do is to take the military, those soldiers that are going to be on the front lines, put seven priests behind them, and those seven priests should have seven horns, and then that should be the Ark of the Covenant, and then there are other people behind them. And what I want you to do is march around the wall one time for six days, but then on the seventh day, march around the wall for seven days, and then the priest will blow the horn, and when you hear that extended horn sound, then I want you to shout, and when you do, the walls will collapse. Is that unusual? seven priests, seven horns, seven days, seven circles around, and you mean this formidable will fall? Uh, But you know why he believed it? Because he had been promised it, and it had seen the captain of the Lord's hosts, and he said, Joshua, this is how I'm going to give it, give this land to you. Listen, sometimes... God has answers for our strongholds that are unusual. They don't match with what others may be saying. That's why he said, my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so are my thoughts from your thoughts and my ways from your ways. Sometimes they align, other times it's unusual. God may be saying to you, you have to do this or you have to do that. It's according to his word, but it is nothing like you thought it was going to be. Am I talking to somebody? Sometimes God leads us through these strongholds through unusual means. You see, the the, the, the miracle is not the method by which he does it. The miracle is really trusting in the master who gives me the methods. Uh, The methods can vary but the one who gives me the methods, that's who I'm trusting in. In fact, I want to close with that. The weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians said, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not what? To knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. In the devil's world, there are unusual methods that we may have to deploy in order for God to give us what we need. And he wants to do it. I gotta close with this. Rahab believed She took a risk, and she was rewarded. Everything in the city was to be destroyed except one person, Rahab the prostitute, and her family. Why? Because she believed. I love this. Way back in Joshua 2, when they sent out spies to do a recognizance of the land, this is what happened. Before the men fell asleep, She, that is Rahab, went up to the roof and said to them, I "I know the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you have fallen on us and everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings, you completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we Heard. heard this, we lost heart and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now, please swear by me, swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I have shown kindness to you. That is, she did not turn them in. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all who belong to them and save us from death. The man answered her, we will give you our lives for yours. If you don't report our mission, we will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us the land." Isn't that wonderful? Watch this. The king of Jericho heard the same thing. The people of Jericho heard the same thing. They heard how God had delivered them from the then known superpower of the world, Egypt, crossed them over an uncrossable river, the Red Sea kept them for 40 years in the wilderness, helped them slay seven kings on the way. They heard the same thing. Rahab heard and believed. The king heard he didn't believe. He took no risk. He did not honor the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and was thus destroyed. Here's my point that I'm telling to us today. If you're struggling through a throne hole, it calls for me to believe and take a risk like Rahab did. She saw these men. She heard the report. She had been hearing it for years, and she believed it. Some of us have been hearing the gospel sitting under the word of God for years, and we don't believe it. My challenge is believe it again. Oh, we believe some parts of it. But there are some parts, somebody right now, today, it includes even me, when I read the Word of God, I hear the Word of God, I send out the authority of God's Word, I hear something new and afresh that I had not heard before. Believe it and take a risk and God will reward you like he did this woman Rahab. He rewarded her in a great way. Not only did he save her life and her family's life, her mother, her father, her sisters and brothers and all her clan, but he inserted her in the genealogy of Jesus Christ because Rahab became the mother of Salmon who became the mother of Boaz who married Ruth and Ruth was the lineage of Jesus Christ. Look at God. But I have to believe. I have to believe it. Can I give you a story of a man who believed and took risk? And then I'll go to my seat, I promise, my other seat. I can't, otherwise I'll just go to my seat. It's okay, okay, Good. He was seven years old when his family lost their farm in Indiana. He was nine years old when his mother died. 23 years old when his first business failed. In 1832, he ran for state legislature and lost. A friend loaned him money to start a business, but it failed. He filed for bankruptcy and took him 17 years to pay his debt. Again, he risked running for office, and this time he won. His fortune seemed to be changing, so he got engaged. But before the wedding, his fiancee fell ill and died of typhoid fever. It caused him to plunge into suicidal despair, spending the next several months in bed. But he recovered, and he ran for re-election, but lost. Friends influenced him into an arranged marriage, which turned out to be very difficult for the next 23 years. But along the way, he began practicing law and was successful for several years. And then again, he risked running for public office but lost again. And then his three-year-old son, Edward, died. After a season of grief, he finally won a seat in the state general assembly, but he lost the reelection. Believing in a God bigger than himself and a purpose higher than his own, five years later, he ran for the U.S. Senate and lost. In 1858, he ran for the Senate a second time and lost. It was highly unusual, but because he had lost so many elections, his name was very recognizable. And in 1860, he found the courage to run for president of the United States. And after decades of political failures and personal setbacks, Abraham Lincoln became the 16th president of the United States. But his joy was short-lived. In 1861, the country declined into the Civil War or the war between the states. Lincoln was demonized across the South. In the beginning of the war, his generals refused his orders. Several were relieved of their command. Then his 11-year-old son died. His wife plunged into mental despair. After four long years, 600,000 deaths, the Union prevailed. But in the end, He and Mary enjoyed their greatest triumph and happiness for only six days before he was assassinated. Two days later, on Good Friday, preachers across most of America eulogized Lincoln as a savior of the nation. If you are enduring a string of defeats and strongholds, we would do well to remember president lincoln and all that he went through listen if you like lincoln like Rahab, can believe and take a risk it makes all the difference in the world you may be sitting here today in person or watching online you came to this worship without christ without hope without the assurance of eternal life we want you to know that jesus christ had you personally in mind when he went to the cross and every sin that you've ever committed past present and future have been nailed to the cross and he who knew no sin no shame no guilt became our sin so that we might have the righteousness of god and sitting right where you are you can believe you can tell god the father i'm believing now In Jesus Christ, I'm surrendering to the extent that I know how an eternal life and a new power to live life will be yours. But you may say, I'm here today, I've already believed in Christ. I'm challenging you to believe again. Believe like Rahab. You've heard the story. You believe some of it. You believe sometime. But whatever you're going through now, believe it again, and God will again reward your risks. He's a God like that. Our city is in turmoil, Uh, I think I have that at the bottom of the application. Um, We have a stronghold right now in our city, high violent crime. Listen, um, I believe a God who will help us struggle through this stronghold, and I am bullish on him. Amen? there's an article I think you can find a uh, commercial appeal, um, published an opinion that I wrote. Um, you can go to our website. I think it's called fight or over flight and, uh, check it out and see how you fit in it. You'll be hearing more about it as we struggle through this stronghold. Let's pray together. Oh, gracious God, our father, thank you for Jericho and thank you for this picture of this formidable stronghold that you allowed to fall. You reminded us today that you do the same in our own lives where there are strongholds. There may be my own fault. There may be somebody else's fault. There may be society's stronghold of oppression. It might be a human philosophy that's competing with divine philosophy. Whatever it is, thank you for this picture today that we can struggle through it. Remind us like Rahab to believe and take a risk. And even if your methods are unusual from what our family, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors may be saying, if your word is saying it, help us to believe that. Help somebody here today to believe for the first time or to believe again. Thank you in advance for what you're going to do, for having said under your word today. In the name of the King of kings and Lord of lords, even Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Oppenheisen, musical worship director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.